Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOnTalk.com. Allie, hey, uh, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you and <laughs> what you've done in the past couple of weeks, taking on uh, all the calls and, and doing them because uh, I just I, I've not been reliable, so I appreciate that. Well, that's no problem, and it's my pleasure. You know, I love to talk, so I mean, if you give me the platform, I'd be happy to do it. But um. But, uh, yeah, I missed having you on the phone, too. So it's like I'm glad to be back with you, and, and I'm happy to just do these calls because I look forward to them. I really do. I know this is kind of like people are listening and going, oh, it's like Dwayne and Allie, they're, you know, talking about each other and how much they care about doing the calls. But, you know, it's interesting, it, like, when you have someone who's like-minded, right, and you could, you know, we've talked about this on other calls where you have, like, peers that motivate you or just someone that you could kind of shoot things, ideas back and forth right. on those things are super important. So, I mean, I think that that's, that's what I look forward to every time we do this call. I agree. And uh, so today's topic um, is uh, end game, right? Having an end game. Yeah. Well, well, you know, the book um, E-Myth, you know it, right? The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. I, um, I went to, a, 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 fortunately, I was able to go to a thing where he was a speaker. I think he's one of the the keynote speakers at one of the Maya super shows. And I was a speaker as well. So I get to uh, go to this private little dinner that he had or lunch where he was the speaker for this small group of people. And I got to hang out with them and pick his brain. And, you know, I've always loved his books and he always talks about what's called the crap out date, right? You know, like the date where you're going to just finish it all. Like, you know, not necessarily die, but be done with what you're doing on a regular basis that's really working you hard and killing you a little, right? So, um, and that's what we're here to chat about. So, um, you know, I think it's a pretty interesting topic. Yeah, and it reminds me of, uh, I think John Graydon, is the one I heard first say it was like, you know, begin with your black belts, begin with the end of mind. What do you want right. the uh, black belts to look like and then kind of work backwards, uh, right, you know, with regards to black belt, and I'm wondering, um, do you consider the the end game kind of like that? Where what is it that I want to have and be and and do that type of stuff, and then work work yourself backwards? Well, yeah, let me let me tell you, and um, an interesting thing. The other day, I had some dental work done, right? And I'm in the chair with my dentist, and and you know, we we have a lot in common because he's a uh, a dad of four daughters. I mean, I'm a dad of one daughter. My both of uh, one of his young his the youngest that he has is in college now, and my daughter's in college now. So um, we were talking. We're like, oh, you know, talking about college fees and you know how how we you know they're doing and all that. And and then we talked about like I go, wow, you know, he goes, I'm 62 years old, and he goes, I thought by now I'd be retired. He goes, but then then I reanalyzed my life and I said to myself, do I want to retire? You know, do I? You know, the way things have changed with, um, you know, I don't know, financially, can I retire with the way, the, you know, the, the costs of how much expensive it is to live in Long Island? He said, but, you know, I asked myself, why, why would I retire? I enjoy my job. I work 60, he works 60 hours a week, but he comes in at, you know, 8 in the morning or 7 in the morning, leaves at 4, 4.30, and he's done for the day. You know, he's off on, on uh, Saturdays and Sundays. So he set up his life where he could still work hard and still make money, but still enjoy himself to the point where it's not any longer a job. It's a hobby, right? And that's important. Yeah, I think so. You know, I guess I never uh, looked at it where, you know, what is it that I want to or when do I want to retire? I just kind of thought that I would always do this until I croaked, you know? (laughs) Right. 
Not well, I, cer- I certainly don't want to be doing this till the day I die. I tell you that. I mean, I'd like to have a point. I think there's a thing in Japanese martial arts or, or just in Japan in general called the Mabaroshi. Mabaroshi basically means in Japanese a vision quest, right? And um, I think we've shared this with our clients in the past. And it's about like, what, what do you want out of life? So like, for example, I have a big in front of me, this big, huge white erase board. And every year I redo it. And just recently, my fiance, Nicole, and I started doing our own bucket list. Like we have a whole column that's set for a bucket list. So we first started off with like places where we want to travel. Like, so I'm like, where do you want to travel? She's like, Italy. I'm like, I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Thailand. She's like, France. I'm like, I want to go to Utah and Montana. I want to see the mountains and maybe canoe to a boat trip. You know, she wants to go to New Zealand. I'm like, I want to go to Colorado again. You know, it's like local places, but mountainous, you know. So, like, if you don't have certain things, goals in mind, and it's not even financial goals, like just even spiritual goals. Like, I, you know, I want to be more passive or more peaceful or whatever it is. Um, you're never really going to get to where you want to go because you're always going to be like we call it being in the thick of things, just churning on a day-to-day basis. Only the end of the day, whatever week you end a day, you end on the week Friday, and then you you're back on Monday, going out back again. You know, like you only had two days, and they go by like that, and then you got five more days of grinding, grinding, grinding. Right? At some point, if you're not happy with what you do, if you have a job that you really don't like, it's misery. It's like being in purgatory. It's like torture. Right. So so you have to enjoy yourself. Like I just saw a video that one of my top guys at Ryan posted and he's having fun with the kids. And he's got these expandable bow staffs where they crunch down to like one inch and he's got him and two other black belts. And, and he's like, you ready? Go. And they pop and they open like like a magic wand. Right. And I just see how much fun he's having as a young man. And I wrote on there, I said, you're not supposed to be having this much fun at your job. Your job's supposed to be tough and it's supposed to, oh, you know, be work. You know, you can't have fun at work, right? But, but isn't that the ultimate goal, right? And that's to have enjoy what you do and, and not feel like you're tired every day and you don't want to go in and so on. And that takes a, you know, takes foresight. It takes, you know, some goal setting and, and, um, you know, having some ideas of what you really want out of life. What are you looking to do? What are you building? What's this all for? Right? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And are are we, are we, um, I mean, uh, yeah, of course, as martial artists, we're teaching self-defense and, uh, uh, you know, we're helping with um, uh, somebody's self-esteem and, you know, just all those array of things that, that the martial arts can help. But, but really, you know, we're, there's a human connection that we're that we're making. I mean, we're just what we're doing right. is we're helping people. That's really what it comes down to is we're helping people. And yeah. I don't know that we'll ever stop helping people, right? Even if you right. retire, you got to be doing something to uh, yeah. be helping people. It just may look different. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever retire. I, right. I, I think, I, and we've we talked about this before. Even if I wasn't in the martial arts business anymore, I still would have to be doing something. It just really yeah, and, and I think, though, that um, retirement can take on many forms, right? I think the old, age-old retirement mindset was, you know, you get the golden watch, you get a paycheck every week, and you go to Florida, and you eventually die quickly because you're not doing anything. You stopped being active. You no longer see people. You don't interact with your coworkers. So now you're in a house. Like my poor mom, I love her to death. She's by herself most of the time. Thank God I got her a dog. So she has some, at first she didn't have anything, you know, and now it's like I call her as much as I can, but I wish she was here so I could see her, talk to her, engage in it. And um, what happens is these 
people retire, but maybe their spouse passes away, and now they're all by themselves, and they have nothing, and I hate to say this, but nothing to do, and nothing, virtually nothing to set their sights on until they right. just dwindle away and have, have, you know, and have their crap out date, if, it, if that's when the crap out date starts. But the goal is, like, even with the e-myth with Michael Gerber, he says, like, you don't have to necessarily retire, meaning, like, okay, retirement means sell the business and move to your small house in Florida. But your retirement can look different. It could be, um, you know, now you have people managing your business. You know, they, you give them some ownership, you know, in the business. They, you say, hey, listen, it's all yours. I'll help from afar and I'll market and I'll come from, I'll come from Florida four times a year and do seminars and testing and I'll always be there to coach you. But I get three grand a month or four grand a month in perpetuity. You know, and, and then you get the rest, you know, and then you start building a plan where you still get money, you still have an investment, you're still bringing in income, and you could then maybe then jump into, which I think is a cool dream of mine, I'd love to get into a one of those big, huge um, motorhomes kind of thing, you know, not even massive, but just one that I could bring the dogs, my fiance, and maybe even my daughter, if she'd be interested in jump in and drive around the country like for a year and just stop for two months in San Francisco or stop for two months in Tennessee or a month or whatever and just enjoy the culture and, and the, the sites and not have to be tied to a responsibility, right? But you can only do that if, if you can afford to do that. And that's, right. that's the bad thing, though, that so many people live paycheck to paycheck. They're not looking at their future and they, and they finance themselves into a hole and then they end up having nothing when it comes time to retire, and they have to work. That's where these poor senior citizens, where they don't make enough money to survive, and they're out working at Walmart just to be able to buy food. And, you know, it, it's it's tough. It's not easy to do that. So it takes some planning. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what uh, what do you consider, at, you know, like as a martial arts school owner, what, what do you consider some, some good ideas to plan for? Uh, for their future, and 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 maybe let's start out with let's talk about uh, you know the 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 person that's just now getting into the martial arts industry, and then maybe move from right. that. Yeah, I'm always like I had I have I had two young clients that I would coach on a regular basis, right? That I would always say to them, listen, if you stay doing this the way you're doing it and making the money that you're making, um, but you're able to save a chunk of money. Virtually within 10 years, you could be a cash millionaire. I mean, have a million dollars in cash in the bank. Now, that's much different than having a million dollars in equity and a home and, and things like that. And, you know, but you could be debt-free and have a million dollars in the bank. You could literally retire as long as you retire in moderation. You're not, you know, buying a mansion that costs you 20 or 30 grand a year to just maintain. But, you know, you right. could move to Thailand and live forever on a million dollars. You'd never have to worry. You could have a servant and still live in Thailand or you move somewhere where it's affordable. So it's about figuring out kind of what you want out of life, right? Because some people, they like being in the thick of things every day. You know, you know, they want that challenge. They like that hustle and bustle. Some people are just done. They're like, they want, like me, sometimes I yearn to move to like small, tiny little house in the mountains, you know? live off the grid, have a solar panel, as long as I could have connection to the Internet so I could watch television and things like that, I'd be happy, you know, growing my own food, you know, looking at nature. My fiance Nicole's like, no way, that's not happening. I said, how about if we do it for a few <laughs> months, right? But um, she's like, nah, it's still not happening, you know. But, but I think that, you know, simplistic living is something that I yearn for. But I, I, the real goal is to see what you want, right, in life, right? So 
for example, in order to, to know what you want, first of all, and this is a big thing, man, I, I'm shocked because I've worked with a few of my coaching clients just recently, and um, to, for them to just figure out their finances, what they spend to the penny every month is, is virtually impossible. Like, we don't realize sometimes that we're spending more money than we're making or, you know, it, you know uh, we have more debt than we really have money for. In other words, like, right now it might seem good. I have, like, $2,000 in my checking account, so I'm going to go out and buy something, right? But next month I get hit with an insurance payment that I didn't budget for, and now I'm, like, frantic trying to scrounge to get money, right? So I think that it's very, very important. Uh, Nicole just comment, commented maybe a week, maybe a week we could go to the small house. That's it, just one week she's giving me. <laughs> I bet you she'd say yes if it was six months living in the shack in, in like, uh, Fiji or something like that over the water. Um, right, of a course. different kind of living. But you, but you know what I mean? So, like, the first thing you have to do is figure out, like, currently what does it cost you to live, right? And um, let's just pretend it costs you thirty grand a year to live. I mean, with everything, your food, your insurances, your cars, your home, your electric, all of that. Um, and now, now you want to retire, and you're, let's say you're 60 right? And the average lifespan is 80 years old. You have to have 20, 20 years worth of income, 20 times 30 grand with inflation as well. Um, so that's like 600 grand at minimum just to live, right? To survive before you die. And that means you're using it all up and you're not willing it to your children, right? Or whatever the case may be. So you have to have some end game in mind to know like what's going to happen. Now, if you're a school owner, and you could build a business. You could say, okay, Dwayne, you're going to run it for me. Or you give it to one of your guys, like Mr. Bean. You say, you're going to run it for me. Um, but I need uh, $3,500 a month check every month, and you keep the rest. Now you have enough to survive until he, you know, decides to do the crap out date or whatever. But so you've got to put some contingencies in place. And, and that's what I'm, I've been working on for years. Now, going back to my dentist that we had this great conversation where um, he said, oh, I had this plan in place, but things shifted and they changed. Now all my kids are grown up. They're out of the house. I, I, I don't feel as much stress to pay for bills. And he goes, I was going to retire and sell my dental practice. But he says, now I just do it, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And I enjoy it. And I go home. My wife and I travel. You know, we take photos of wild horses in Montana and uh, all this stuff. And, and um, so he's enjoying his life because he's doing it by choice. Right. But he had, had this contingency plan in place, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I know this isn't uh, uh, end game material, but, um, you know, that's why I, I chose to not do uh, Saturday classes. Uh, you know, I right. wanted the weekends with, with, uh, with my family. And so I, I don't run Saturday morning or even Saturday yeah. afternoon classes. I mean, we, we do birthday parties and stuff, but, but I have other people that, yeah. that do that. And on occasions, we might have some, some sort of special event. But right. I just I want, I want the weekends to myself and my family, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, dude, it's, it's unbelievable. And by the way, the weekends go by, for some strange reason, the clock changes once it hits Saturday, right? <laughs> it's like it seems to speed up at triple time. Cause like well, Nicole you know and I what it is, up, don't you? What's that? Well, the, the, it, it becomes the New York, the New York Minute. Yeah, it's the truth, though. <laughs> it really is. Like, we wake up and we're like, oh, cool, we get the whole weekend to spend together. Like, I took off this last weekend was my birthday. Friday night I took off. I worked all day Friday. Friday night I took off. We went out to dinner. Saturday morning and Sunday I just did what I had to do. I did end up doing some work, but at the same time, um, but before you know it, it's 6 o'clock. We're looking at each other right. going, 
it's six o'clock and you know, Nicole goes to sleep at like six forty five. She's always she's not she doesn't mean to, she's just falling asleep and, and she's like me yell at me online. But um but so then our day is over and then the next day does the same thing and all of a sudden you're talking about going back to work on Monday, Monday morning. So right. so see that's what happens perpetually perpetually in our lives. We're working for the weekend, like that old song by Loverboy. I don't know if you remember it. Everybody's working for the weekend, right? And, yep. Um, yep. you know, what happens, the weekend comes around. Before you know it, you're back to work again. So the only, the only conclusion and savior to that is to, one, really enjoy what you do, right, and really have a good time at doing it so that it's not work, it's fun. And, by the way, that could be nothing more than a mental shift, right? If, if you're like, my job sucks, even a karate guy, we love it, you know, or we hate it. We can hate teaching or we can hate going to work. It doesn't matter how much fun your job is. Um, but, uh, you know, but life is all about trying to shift your mindset and focus. Yeah, she, she did comment. Eight, eight o'clock, six is a bit early. Depends on the day. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, so, so you know, you got to understand that shift. But, but really, like, you know, can we enjoy our lives? to the maximum, you know, so like I have, I write down all my personal goals, you know, things that I really enjoy. It's on my board, like, you know, things that I like to do that I want to do. And, you know, for example, I'll share a few of them. Number one, I like doing archery, right? Two, I love shooting my firearms just for the skill of it, right? Um, practicing the weapons that I practice in my martial arts, like sword and hanbo, bow and kampa and sai. Big one for me is spend quality time with family and not just my daughter and Nicole, but her family as well, because it's cool. You know, those old family get togethers, but you got to make it a part of what you choose to do or else it doesn't happen. Right. You know, it's like my friends and I, we right. try to get together. We, I just tried to set up a dinner with all my martial art buddies and um, we set a date. We made a reservation and we said, let us know. Not one of them can make it. They're all busy with something else. So you got to put the effort into really getting together. You got to shift schedules around sometimes. Um, you know, and, and so on, you know, going on two vacations a year to maybe one of those cool places or, so you have to know what you want in order to remember that old saying, know what you want, have a plan. That was a Tom Callis, Napma thing, have a personal success coach, take consistent action. The the black belt success system. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, And that's, that's really what we're doing. So, so anyway, that, that's what I think. And, and people should understand, like, do they want to be teaching? Let's just give an example. Let's say, you, like I taught my classes last night. I had a little warrior class, in, in, uh, and then I had a mighty warrior. Little warriors are two to four-year-olds. Then I had mighty from five to eight-year-olds, and then I had teen and adults. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't think my goal wasn't to be teaching a, a two to four-year-old at, at 54 years old. I thought by now I'd be, be beyond that and, and have someone to do it for me. However, I enjoy it. So I'm like, why should I not do it? Like, I didn't, I wasn't tortured going like, oh my God, I hate two-year-olds. I enjoyed it. I actually had fun with this little kid. He was so darn cute and the few students that were there. So, um, so it really all depends on what you want. And I think you have to start formulating a plan. Like, you know, it's simply like in my book that I wrote called The Five Gateways to Happiness, right? It just basically says you have a I hate list of things you want to eliminate. And then you have an I love list on things that you want to enhance and do more of, right? And quite often... Um, I say just set a timer, do a five-minute clock, and just start writing down all the things that you hate. You know, and, and, I, and I say hate as a strong word, but things like, you know, I, I hate when bill collectors call me when I, don't, when I don't have my bills paid on time. Well, you know, let's find a solution to that. Pay your bills on time or work harder to make more money or whatever. But, like, just go and write down all the things that you don't like and then work to eliminate them or correct them and fix them. 
And then all the things that we love, like I love, um, you know, going to the beach. I love riding my bicycle. I love, you know, doing swimming in my pool. But I hardly do those things. Okay, now we got to strategically set time aside to do more of them. Reading a book, listening to classical music, just sitting and being with the people you love. So if we're not aware, we're not going to continually um, be able to hit those things. It seems like life will pass you by in a New York minute. Yeah, and, you know, the problem with that is we're such creatures of habit that when we get into those type of habits, um, it's hard for us to break them. Um, Absolutely. Where we're just doing the grind and then the weekend comes, and then we're doing the grind and the weekend comes. Right. We become so, and what's weird, and this is funny, right, we, we're, we're pissed off about it, but it's such a habit that we just don't break it. Right. Um, and I remember Professor Hafner talking about one time, he says, you know, the, the most powerful tool that you have is a – is your pen and your piece of paper and right. you just sit down and you write and think about, you know, like what you said, make lists, mm-hmm. um, uh, analyze the things, write down the problems. Like one, one of his biggest things is you, you got a problem, write it down and then, yeah. and then walk away and, and let yeah. your subconscious deal with it for the next couple of days and then come back and look at it. And lo and behold, you got an answer. I got I got an app on my phone. I decided to download this word search app type thing, right? Right. And uh, anyways, just because I just want to challenge my brain a little bit. Right. And, and I bring this up because I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'm like, my gosh, these these six letters. What what's the other word that begins with a B that that they? Oh, make? Right. I can't do think about play, it. Do you play words with friends? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, um, download that. That's a fun app. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> So I will, I will just, I, I'm getting frustrated. I close the app and I guarantee you I'll come back in an hour or even the next day. And then I open it up and it's like the word almost, not always, but often the time the word yeah. just appears there. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so that is so important, you know, to have that, to have that pen and that piece of paper and, right. and, and to be constantly reviewing and writing things down, planning like you were talking about yeah. uh, makes, a, makes a huge difference. Yeah, so so I mean that's interesting, and they call uh, Deepak Chopra, a very spiritual guy, uh, leader, and author. He writes a book called The Spontaneous Fulfillment of Desire. I'm sure you know you're a Christian. Um, you know, ask and ye shall receive, right? Is one of the I don't know the scripture. You might know it because I know you read the Bible quite often, right? So, um, but sometimes we don't ask, right? So sometimes we and and then when I say ask, I think that even in in the Bible, that's more of a spiritual concept, right? So there's that story. I think it's a it's kind of a funny story where there's a guy on a roof in the middle of a flood. And he's on his roof as the water levels are rising. A canoe guy comes by and says, hey, buddy, jump in. And he says, no, I'm waiting for a message from God. I really want God to save me. And he's praying, God, save me. And the guy canoes away, rows away, right? The next thing, a motorboat comes up. And the guy's like, come on, jump in. The rivers are rising. He says, no, I, I trust God will save me. So the guy's like, you're crazy, man. And he takes off. And the next thing is a helicopter. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, get in. They lower the rope. He's like, push the rope ways. I'm waiting for God. And now the rivers, the, the helicopter flies away. And the rivers are almost touching his feet. And he's angry with God. And he says, God, I've begged for you to help me. I'm waiting for a message. He goes, and then your booming voice from the heaven says, I sent you a boat. I sent you a motorboat. I sent you a helicopter. He goes, what do I got to come down there personally to help you? Right. And, and you know, like, what is wrong? The messages were clear so sometimes when we we don't train our brain to think a certain way 
Um, and I feel bad about that. I think that it's interesting at how our society is taught to think, um, very compartmentalized in this way that was beneficial to the way society was. Uh, our education system always teaches people to think in the box, right? So, like, um, you know, uh, like I was trying to explain to my fiance Nicole, like, go to her and say, listen, this is an asset. This is a debt. Right. A debt is like something that costs you money and you pay for an asset is something that makes you money. But if you own a home and you don't rent it and it's just your house, that's a debt. But if you have a house and you have an apartment in it and you're able to make money on it over and above what it is, then that's an asset. Right. So we have to learn to train our minds in this way. And there's a great book called uh, by President Trump and uh, and Rob Kiyosaki called Why We Want You to Be Rich. And it was all about the education of money how to make it work for you, how not to be afraid of it, how not to be trained to think money is the root to all evil, right? You know, like, oh, my God, someone who's rich must be a jerk. He must rip people off. He walks past homeless people and steps on them, you know, like, but, but right. it's something about us really understanding this concept and not being guilty and feel guilty about it, right? So that's something, too, with school owners, with business owners in general. They have to educate themselves as best as they possibly can I mean, I look at people's financials and I say, you know, you could probably shift that out of there by paying this card down with this other low interest credit card and get rid of one. And you would be paying one credit card here, one credit card there, interest on both. And you get rid of this debt by just shifting it to the low interest credit card. And then you're able to pay way more money and pay that bill off quicker. People are like, I never thought of that. It's about or, shifting or just good opening debt. up a new credit card that has six months interest free and moving it over it, and then not oh even touching that while you pay the other one. Exactly. And it would be zero, zero percent interest. So every penny that you pay wouldn't be going into the bank's interest and their into their payments and their money. It'd be going down to pay down your debt. Right. So sometimes we're not we don't teach people to do that. Like people in the in our society don't learn those skills. You know, that's a that's a I have to go to a seminar and pay extra kind of knowledge lesson because you don't learn that in school. Like my daughter's doing this. I have to go in debt. And I have to use my credit card right. to go to the seminar. To yes. But you know what? One time, Tony Robbins people called me up and they're like, wanted me to do the fire walk. And, and I was making a lot of money, but I don't know. It was like 3,800 bucks for the weekend, right? And I used the excuse, which really wasn't an excuse. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can afford it. And the guy says, you can afford it. And I go, how do you know? Like, I got angry with him. He goes, because you can't afford not to do it. He says, because I can guarantee you after this seminar, you're going to be on fire, not only from the fire walk, but in general, and you're going to make 10 times more money than you ever made. Well, let me tell you, I listened to him and I did it and he was right. I was on a high for like 10 years. It literally changed my life. I walked over 1,400 degree hot coals or whatever the temperature was. And um, I was unstoppable. In fact, the seminar says become unstoppable, right? And, um, and my poster is still hanging in my wall in my office. And uh, it literally changed the way I thought because of the shifts in mindset that I, I actually went through. So it's interesting at how school owners, we get caught in this rut, or as business owners, we get caught into day-to-day, -day, the thick of things. And then sometimes we feel like we're the only person on that island all by ourselves. So we're like, oh, right. man, I'm just going to, I'm going to get through it. You know, sometimes I look at it, I'm like, I made it to Friday, all right, the weekend. Like, you know, you just work hard to get through to the weekend. You're yeah. working for the weekend. Well, that's not even, yeah, but that's not even school owners because it's, man, right. all right, now it's fine. It's finally Saturday at 3 p.m. I can go home. You know, right. So, most schools, well, I, you know. Yes. 
I always say it's funny. I think that most of the world lives by the Fred Flintstone philosophy. I don't know if you ever watched the Flintstones cartoon. Oh, yeah. Where at the end, when the bell whistle ends the day, he like grabs his lunchbox, slides down the neck of the dinosaur, flies off, and he's in his car, and then he moves his feet real fast and peels out and goes home. Sometimes that's how my employees are. At, you know, at the clock clicks eight, boom, they're out of there. Like it's like they were, and, and you know what that tells me is that if that's their mindset, they really were not very productive for the last half hour to 40 minutes because their mind was gearing up to leave. You know, they're like thinking of what can I get done before I leave rather than, I really don't want to go home, but it's eight o'clock. I'll go home, but it's not like I got to get out of here at eight o one. Right. You know that that kind of mindset. So I mean, it's again, it goes back to you know, the crap out date. You know, having a master plan is all about setting those goals. Like, and I would say do them in in intervals. Right. What's your two year goal? What's your five year goal? What's your ten year goal? You know, what do you envision your life looking like in in ten years? And and look, I'm fifty four now. I'm hoping that by sixty. I either have a plan in place where my schools are running themselves and I could leave it to my main guy and that I can then, and, and hopefully Nicole and I could both retire. I could sell some of my investments off. We have put a ton of money away in the bank and then just kind of, you know, do what most people would love to do, travel to France and spend two, three weeks there, you know, rent an apartment or like one of those bed and breakfast houses or whatever and just enjoy life, you know, just like live with the culture, you know, go to the local cafes, you know, like I said, travel around the United States and just enjoy, enjoy life. That's really what right. my, my thirst is for. Well, I think it all starts with, um, I would say, everybody's finances and mm -hmm. making sure that, you know, you are not living above, above your means, um, mm -hmm. but then also that you have some sort of 401K or something that you are right. putting your money in to invest and, right. and I would say, you know, the 401k, I know that you own your buildings. Um, right. So there, there, there's that type of investment as well. Yeah. Um, you're, you're right in saying that your house is a debt unless you can rent part of it out. Um, right. You know, then, or then, then it's an investment. You, you sell it, right? Then it's, you know, if you're going to sell it, at that point it becomes an investment, that you have equity in it and you'll make a profit. But until then, it's nothing more than a uh, debt. Right, right. And, you know, to pay that off as quickly as possible. I know some people go, right. oh, yeah, but then I don't get the tax break. Well, you know, you'll save so much more money when, you, when, you're, not, <laughs> when you're not paying yeah. all that uh, uh, money in. So I would say, you know, the very first thing is to get your finances under control. Uh, if, if I had to do it all over again and I had uh, listened or asked for advice and knew what I needed to look for, it would have been that. It would have been yeah. the whole financial piece. Um because, you know, when I bought my partners out, uh, unfortunately, one, I paid too, way too much money. Uh, right. I was just young and dumb, and I should, I should have known better, but I didn't. Yeah. And, and um, so not only did I pay them too much money, then I, I, I depleted everything that was in our account, meaning the, the right. business account. And so I had no cash flow. Yeah. Like I didn't – I couldn't, you know, pay myself. I couldn't pay the bills. Uh -huh. And so I just started using credit cards and – and I, I was probably close to $100,000 in debt. Right. Um, in, in credit card debt, in different credit yeah. cards. It was crazy. Yeah. It was so stupid right. uh, of me. And there was, there was literally no reason that that should have happened. 
But what would you have done differently? I mean, would you take it out of business loan instead? Or, or like, I mean, because look, I have to just stop you because you're like, you're here right now at your school with the success that you're experiencing right now because you took that leap of faith, right? Yes, you probably leveraged yourself way, way too much, but obviously, but you didn't though, because you're here right now and you, you did it, you made it through. So, you know, if, if you were living home, you were homeless or broke because of it, then I would say that was a bad decision, right? You could have maybe done it differently, yeah, better. maybe, but but better. But listen, we're young, we don't know, and we we do our best. And so I applaud you on doing that. Like for me too, like you know, I'm I'm looking at those HIAs, those high income areas, right? And I'm trying to always think in my mind, like right now, I'm training myself at this age to say, is that a good decision? Should I should I put time into it? Like I opened that school in Florida with a partner, things didn't work out. Um, for whatever reason, right? It was just more of like, I wasn't there to run it and yada, yada, yada. But whatever the case may be, I invested some money into it that literally the amount of money I could have paid for my next daughter's next two years of college. So I say, was it bad of me to take that leap of faith? Probably at this point in my life, yes, I should have just not done it. But then I'm a businessman. That's what I do. I take chances. And, you know, but if I didn't, I could be like, wow, my daughter's college for the next two years would have been paid off. So I'm being more cognizant and aware of doing things that really probably take up more time than I than I should that won't bring me money in. The benefit is the reward for my time invested or my money invested. Um, and I'm being more aware that maybe I should just focus on the things that I know are home runs already. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I would say the first thing is the financial piece and make sure that you right. have your financial, your financial house in order because if you have that in order, then that is going to allow you to um, do a whole bunch of other things, even if you don't have a crap-out date. Um, right. You, you won't feel under pressure, you know, right. especially if you listen to, to this call and go, oh, my gosh, I have to have a crap-out date now. Right. You won't feel pressure because, you know, you're financially secure or you're making yeah. yourself financially secure. Yeah. So take that into consideration first. And then, you know, you can decide to continue just with one school, uh, open up multiple schools. Um, right. Whether, you know, you solely own them or you do a partnership with that individual mm -hmm. or individuals that are doing those type of things. Um, right. Creating your own organization um, where, you know, you have your – Obviously, maybe your style is, you know, XYZ style, but, but you know, you're doing it under your own organizational head, you know, type thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of ways to, be, you know, be able to make that happen. Um, but if you do not have the financial piece in order first, nothing else matters because you will not be able to do anything else. Yeah, and that's something that I think that really people need to learn more of. Like, I, I have to tell you, I, I, you know me for a long time, and I know you for a long time. We're good business people, but I learn all the time. Like I, I spent time with um, my friend JD, um, and he manages his brother's enterprise to some extent, the retail in his Chris Angel's uh, brother in Magic. And years ago, I went to Vegas, and I've spoken about this before with you, but um, we went through all of his stores. And he, he said to me when he came to my school, he said, how long have those shirts been sitting? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're not really good sellers. He says, blow them out. Sell them for four bucks. I'm like, but yeah, but I paid $10 to have them made. You know, he goes, but how many did you sell? I said, oh, I sold a good amount. He goes, and you made your money on it already. Um, he said, but now it's the cost of money. And I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, what is your money? What does it cost you to have that sitting on the shelf? You have 24 shirts. If you sold them at $3 a piece, you know, you'd make X amount of dollars. But having them sit there, 
your money basically just starts, your inventory starts getting less and less valuable because they're going to be dead inventory and you're going to, you won't be able to give them away. But if while they're semi-hot, you can blow them out, then you get that money and you inject it back into a new piece that might sell better. So he said, it's really the cost of money, right? And I'm like, wow, that's a big, that makes sense to me. A lot of, you know, that makes, like, at first I never thought of it that way. And I have a few clients that I'm like, hey, blow it out. It's like, no, no, I, I'm not going to sell it for less than what I paid for it. I'm like, but dude, you're not selling it right now. You're selling it, you're, you're keeping it for less than what you paid for, right? So, like, how do we think? And it's all about financial education. My, my suggestion is to read books on it. I love the Rob Kiyosaki books. All of his books are great reads, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, um, Loopholes of the Rich and Famous. I mean, he's got books that even has written in partnership with his accountant, with his lawyer, with his tax expert, and they write books together. So I recommend all of his books. They educate you on how to think like a business owner or how to think like an investor. And if you ever want to play a cool game, I told Nicole I want to play this uh, ASAP because we haven't played in a while called Cash Flow. It's a game that he invented where you have a balance sheet and you got to balance out how much you're paying and what your income is and what your pay, you know what your costs are and it educates you on real estate and assets and investments and so on. It's a very cool game. It's like Monopoly but in the real world. Mm. Nice. And, and it, it's a fun game. And you could actually play it online, too. You could join and do it online. You could play other people around the country. And I don't know if it costs anything, but on his website. So, uh, oh, cool. So yeah. yeah, it's a pretty, pretty interesting thing. But I think that that's the case is that we have to start thinking two years down the road. Where do we want to be? Four, five years or four years down the road, six years and ten years. And then, you know, and then have that bucket list. Like, you know, what, what is it that you want to accomplish? And, and I have it right here in front of me. Let me read it. It's, it's small. I, I wrote this probably about 20 years ago. I wrote, I will run one of the most successful martial art organizations in history. I will leave a legacy behind for others to follow. I will be successful, rich, and famous. I will enjoy life to the fullest with my family and friends. I will, str I will live a stress-free life no matter what life throws at me and has to offer. And in my life, I will make a difference. That was one of my things that I wrote out of what I'd like to be remembered for and, and so on. So what do we do? Like, what is it that a school owner wants? What is their end game meaning like in two years? Where do they want to see their school grow from 20 to 40 students? Do they want to have helped do a fundraiser and raise money for charity? Do they want to help the homeless? Like right now, one of my students, I don't know if you are aware of this, but it's like divorced families. The court system really s screws them. And um, so, like, there are families that are divorced and they don't have any money to actually buy their own food or survive because they're paying mm. it to the other spouse, right? Because they're mandated by the courts to do that. So one of one of my friends and students is uh, struggles with that, and then he had to actually go to a food bank the other day. So I'm like, wow. What? And he goes, I'd like to start a food bank for divorced families that are in need that don't have money for food for them and their kids. I'm like, well, that'd be a really cool thing. I'd like to be involved. So I want to work with him on that. So things like that, what is it that they want to do? What do you want to do? What do people want? In, what do you want out of life? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think most of us are just trying to struggle to maintain what we've got, not think about what we want. And, right. And that's where the, that's where the, the, that's where the paradigm needs to kind of shift is um you said you not said that, that you are, incorrectly by the way no you you know you say it incorrectly <laughs> <laughs> um, no but i mean really you know the paradigm is yeah. uh, <laughs> you know i i think it it 
it's a shift. It just really is. And again, we have our um, our money blueprint is a problem. Right. The money blueprint that we we developed over you know being a kid, and then and then uh, you know that moves into being an adult. That needs to be shifted. Um, the and then from there, then obviously you can again. I just go back. You can you can you have so many more opportunities and options when you have taken care of your financial house. And once that right. once that's in order, uh, nothing else can stop you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it does. And you know what? I I look at it like I I thought of uh, and I'm afraid to share this, but I'll never do it. But it's like I thought of a cool reality TV show, right? For like, a, I, I would challenge you, Dwayne, to be on my show. Like, that this is what it would be like. And I'd say, okay, Dwayne, you have to pretend that you have nothing. All you're going to do is grab two items and your, your, your clothing, and you have to go out and you're broke. You're like homeless now. You have no place to sleep, and uh, you have no money. You maybe have 20 bucks to your name, and now you have to go out and try to get out of that situation. Because quite often we look at homeless people and we're like, oh, why are they so desolate and they don't have anything? Right? And I often say to myself, well, I think I could work my way out of it. But then there'd have to be some rules like I couldn't rely on my friends. Like I couldn't call you up and go, Dwayne, can I borrow 500 bucks so I could get an apartment? You go, sure, Allie, let me wire it to you. Right? But I, I didn't have that access. So what would you do to be able to survive? You know? And I'd say I would go to a local company and I'd say, listen, I'll work for 25 bucks a day. I'd, I'd freeze outside homeless for like a, a, few, a week or two and, you know, and I'd try to try to find myself a small little garage to, you know, sleep or, you know, and then I'd slowly build at least to the point where I'm kind of living okay, not like frozen in, in the, you know, outside. So that would be an interesting challenge to see like a successful entrepreneur, how they would use their intelligence to take themselves from gutter to riches, right? And um, it'd be an interesting thing to see. So anyway, so I, I think it's all about that understanding of what you're willing to do, what you're willing to sacrifice, what you're willing to put into. Because I, I have to tell you, like um, I talk to business owners and I'm like, how much do you market? Like one of my guys that I, that I work with, he's a handyman and I coach him. I'm like, how much do you market? He goes, at least 20 hours a week. I'm like, okay, write it down for me. Tell me what you did for 20 hours. He, and then when he came back to me the next week, he's like, it's more like an hour a week. And I'm like, so you think in your mind you're actually out there doing it, but you're really not. So then now, now you know that you're not doing it. So like, what is it that you could do? How much money can you save? How many bills can you pay? You gotta be aware of that all, or else you're kind of just basically on that hamster wheel until yeah. you have that heart attack from the stress of it all. And then what? You either die or you can't afford to to live anymore, right? And you hopefully you have you know Social Security or Medicare that could help you or whatever. But we have to really think in terms of, you know, goals and timing and, and finances and, and so on. Yep. Nope. I agree. I agree. Any any yeah. uh, final thoughts with regards to uh, the end game? I think that's the big wrap up. That's really it is to, to do that vision quest. You know, take some time to write down the things that you that you hate about your life or you dislike that maybe you could fix or change. Take times to write down the things that you enjoy and enhance those and do them more, right? And then um, look at your finances to the penny. Know how much it costs you for everything, from gas expenses to insurance. Because in our sleep, when we go to bed at night, even though that it's quiet and we're asleep, it's costing us money, right? Like everything, every minute of the day we live in our lives costs us money nowadays. There's nowhere we could go if we, if, unless we're like a hobo living on the beach, 
um, there's nowhere we could go where our the clock doesn't tick and dollar signs are being charged to our name, right? You know, right now, there are things that we don't even think about that are costing us money. The heat, the electricity, our cell phones, our insurances, our, you know, all of this stuff that as we sit here, by the minute, it costs us money. So what you need to do is figure that out. And the only way to do that is to have a balance sheet and know that this is your cost and this is what you're bringing in, right? Or at least close to equal, but not under, because that's how people, like my poor dad, God rest his soul, where he was always in debt. He didn't realize that you had to make $500 to be able to save 500 you know, or save 250 He would just spend it all. And then he'd wonder, like, where, why do I have a $250 credit? Well, because you used the credit card, right? You, didn't, you spent the cash, but you didn't pay the bill, that kind of mindset. So we have to right. really be cognizant and aware of that. So finances, read those books. Read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Read Why We Want You to Be Rich by Donald Trump or Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Rob Kiyosaki. There are some really great ed- ed books out there that could really change the, your life. I agree. Well, Ali, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's no problem, man. Yeah, good. I hope so. I hope people get it. And, uh, you know, we didn't have as many friends on today because you and I got late on the promotion, but I'm sure that people are going to watch this at a later date. Yeah, and, yeah um, we, get and, we got uh, a lot of people that watch it later. So Yeah, and I'm excited about that. And if anyone has any questions, you know, feel free to inbox either one of us. You know, I'd love to share with you. Uh, uh, if you have any struggles and you want to do a call with me and spend 20 minutes, I'll share with you for a 20-minute call for free. I'd love to just help people and um, really work with people. But, um, but yeah, just let's start listening to what we talked about and putting it into action. Sounds good. All right, Allie. Awesome. Awesome, Dwayne. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great day. All right. You too, sir. All right. See ya. Bye.